You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and what the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. What's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of NFT 365. And, you know, it's um, you know, definitely an interesting uh, time in this space. You know, a lot of events are going on. Uh, I know, you know just this week alone, NFT uh, LA, NFT Miami, uh, the fact that NFT Con is also going on in Miami. There's a, a San Diego NFT event. And uh, I can tell you that there's a sense of FOMO, right? And I had a pull out of the LA event. I am, you know, attending the speaking at the Miami event, also speaking at the NFT con event. Um, but I just want to say for those, those are, are feeling FOMO, you're not alone. Um, but also realize like these type of events are like at their infancy and most of them are kind of chaotic. And most of the people on stage have never spoken on a stage. Most of the people that moderate a panel have never moderated a panel. Even a lot of the people that are putting on these events, let's face it, have never put on events before. So in a way, although you're having FOMO, you're kind of getting to miss out on kind of the chaos. And as you know, events kind of become a little bit more consistent over the next 18, 24 months, and you're able to attend an event maybe local or able to you know, flip a couple of NFTs to be able to you know, afford to go to one of these events, um, just know that you're, you're, it does feel like you're missing out and there is something really powerful about being there in person. You know, this podcast, I don't believe, exists if I don't go to NFT NYC. But with that being said, um, just know that like the the parties and the events like these are all things that like, you want to tap in. You know, just kind of keep your keep your own like um, your energy and your own mental health, and like don't be too hard on yourself uh, because we still have a ways to go. We, we're still kind of you know fighting our way out of a, a global pandemic on top of all of the other things that we're dealing with. You know, and that also is an important piece of. I actually use in person events following hashtags as a way to monitor if these are NFTs projects that I want to be a part of. Yep. 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 Here. So what I do is like, I have like inside of, uh, there's a couple of tools you can use with Twitter. I use a tool called tweet deck, um, that allows me to create different feeds for, for Twitter. And I just put the hashtag like NFT LA in it. And so I can see everybody that's using that hashtag, um, you know, on Twitter. And, and what I'll do is I'll want to notice, you know, in the photos, right? Like, you know, what type of events are these projects putting on? Who are the owners that are showing up? How are people talking about, you know, the events and the things that are going on? Even how is like, what's like the vibe and energy? Because there's one thing about vibe and energy in a discord or vibe and energy um, in a Twitter space. But I think there's a whole other thing on like, you know, how welcoming are you? How exclusive are you? And, you know, I'll give a shout out to Voltra, you know, the founder of Psychedelics Anonymous, you know, I was really curious because I've been following that project. Of course, I own uh, a Genesis and, and a couple of the others um, in that project. But, you know, he's from, uh, you know, Australia, New Zealand uh, area of the world. Um, he's been, you know, his Twitter spaces are very, um, he has like a, his personality is very strong, but he's very like direct and 
uh, I kind of at first I wasn't sure if I liked that, and then I eventually kind of just kind of grew into it. But hearing people say like the first psychedelics anonymous event that he was at, he didn't like hang out behind a velvet rope. He didn't like just you know make himself he. Apparently, I know, and this is, you know, I got to, you know, in the Discord, I also got to talk to some of my friends that were there that hold psychedelic anonymous uh, NFTs. And they were like, you know, he mingled across everyone, you know, talked to people, introduced other people on the team, uh, was very engaging. They had, you know, the, the whole setup of that event was uh, apparently world class, which doesn't surprise me. I think this project, um, in my opinion, is one of the very best. Um, and I, I'm not even thinking of it as an NFT project. I just mean like a community to be a part of like long term. Uh, I just really love like the mental health angle. I love the people that it's bringing together. Um, I do hope for um side some more diversity in um you know gender would be really nice in that uh project but i also know that's kind of an overarching theme you know as a whole but i will say even the parties you know i i got a couple of my friends uh actually previous guests of the podcast i got a couple of our past guests into that party um and uh as female and they said it was amazing and welcoming and didn't feel um, awkward. They felt like they were given places to talk and it wasn't just, uh, you know, bros hitting on, on people or making people feel uncomfortable. So I just got to say like, one of the things that you want to do is like all of the touch points, right? Like every, you know, every marketing, every video, every in-person event, every interaction are, are great opportunities for you to kind of discover, you know, these different projects and, and decide if you want to be in on them. Right. And, you know, one of the things I wanted to cover on this episode uh, of the podcast was, you know, there's there's something to be said about like who we're listening to and and what we listen to as far as this NFT space. And, you know, it's actually the very first episode of this podcast because I was getting a little bit turned off by the fact that, you know, just because someone has a bored ape um, doesn't mean that they can help you get a blue chip NFT. Um, just because someone has a lot of blue chip NFTs doesn't actually mean that they discovered them or did their research. They could just be have a lot of money and they bought into them at 80 ETH. Um, you know, and you know, is that the advice that you want to receive? But I actually think it's even a step further than that, right? Like I love to look at like the origin of collections, right? So if someone that I'm like, uh, actually there's someone that I'm going to meet this weekend um, that I haven't met before. And, you know, he's, he's known as kind of like a, an NFT guru, marketer, consultant. Um, and a lot of people like really trust his advice. And so I went into his wallet on OpenSea and I didn't want to just like look at what he had, but I wanted to look at like his activity. And I, and I started drilling back and was like, I want to know like how, how, you know, was he flipping into a lot of projects? Was he minting any of these projects? Was he buying them all off of OpenSea? Did he do some transfers where it looks like there was more of like trades going on? Because I, I think it's really important to know someone's background, someone's breadth of work, right? Like, I mean, I'll say this, like, I'm very confident that in the last, you know, many months, you know, there's no one that has minted more consistent NFTs on a diversity of blockchains than I have, right? Like, I know that for a fact. But I also know that I don't have great experience flipping high level blue chip NFTs, right? So like if you're looking for someone that says, hey, I want to invest in like what are the three best projects I should get in and how should I flip at that level? That's not my that's not something that I am an expert in. But there is this like kind of misconception and, and that even includes on projects, right? Like there's like this idea that like, oh, my goodness, this person sold out their NFT project. 
I should listen to them for NFT project advice for my own project. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Because when did they drop their NFT project? Who, who, what was the price point? Who was their target demographic? How, how much mu- budget did they have coming into it? What was like the state of the market, right? Like if you dropped an NFT in June, July, August, uh, September of last year and it sold out, um, I believe anyone could have sneezed and, and pretty much sold out a collection at that point, right? And it's no knock on people. And there are a lot of people that know a lot of stuff in that space, but taking someone's just word like, oh my goodness, you sold out a collection in August of 2021. You can help me in April of 2022. The world has changed, right? Like back then, it, we, no one cared what the founders were. The roadmap didn't have to have dates on it. Um, the, you know, there was no such thing as whitelists. There really wasn't like these massive reveals. Uh, most people didn't jump into a Discord until after they owned um, the NFT. Uh, the price of crypto was a, a kind of at a different uh, spot. And so all of these things are important factors when we're thinking about like how we how we like assess the landscape. The other thing that I like to look at is like who are the people that people associate themselves with? Right? There are some bad actors in this space that have kind of just like gone a little bit quiet, but they still get kind of held like in a pedestal. Right? Like I I, I despise the at NFT handle on Instagram, right? It's the handle that was actually backed by Mark Cuban and a couple others in this space. And I believe they did way more harm than good and made off with millions of dollars of people's money and without disclosure, without transparency and without owning when they were promoting projects that were complete rug pulls, like malicious rug pulls, right? But yet the like couple of the founders and people involved with that project, they just no longer like kind of put that in their bio and all of a sudden they're like, oh yeah, this is an OG. He's been in this space forever. He knows all of his stuff. And it's like, does he? Or has he just been someone that's people had no, you know, like they didn't know much at the time. So there wasn't anything to compare it to. So that, that's the person we listen to. And that's scary, right? And it's scary when you're in, like this is another uh, thing to be aware of, right? Sometimes you jump into a Discord and with, uh, you know, maybe you bought an NFT, you jumped into Discord and you love like the energy there. But then people in that Discord, what happens is, People then share whitelists. There's giveaways. People like recommend like, hey, you should go check out this NFT project. Like if you love this one, you're going to love this new one. And I think unfortunately, sometimes we get stuck in like, oh, I love these people. And then we start just taking their advice without remembering like what our version of success is. And I say this because, well, I'm sure you're not surprised. I was guilty of this and I was guilty of it to where it cost me a lot of time and it cost me some serious ETH getting into a couple projects that afterwards I was like, what am I doing? Like, why am I in this project? Like, it's not the style of people. It's not the community. It's not even the type of utility that I want, but I bought three of them. And what I, I recommend, you know, another one of these tips for us to do is if you have, if you, if you feel like I'd felt right, like you were like, Oh man, I made, I made a big mistake. What's very easy to do there is like blame ourselves and I like just want to get out of it. What I love to do is I actually like to reverse engineer and be like, okay, what was the reason for me getting in this project? Like, what did this person say or who was this person that influenced me to get into the project, right? And like, how can I learn from that mistake so that I don't do that in the future? And this can come in all you know, shapes and sizes, right? There are a lot of people that don't disclose their relationships with the projects that they're talking about, right? And I think that's shameful. 
I think that is despicable. Uh, I think that there, there is no really excuse for that, right? I believe that if a project is paying you, if they're gifting you NFTs, it doesn't make you less knowledgeable or less trusted. It actually makes you more trusted if you actually are transparent with where that relationship came from, right? Like I, I know someone that, you know, that I kind of looked up to in this space uh, for a while that I just recently found out that, you know, he was getting, if he was able to get three discords to give out their whitelist, he was getting 10 ETH on the back, uh, on the back end from this project. And up until that time, I had no reason to think that the projects he was getting people on whitelist for were anything other than projects he believed in. But this is also a great place to take a step back and think about if someone is on TikTok and saying, hey, guys, this is the project. This is the project that is going to make you millions because that's what everybody sounds like on TikTok. I'm not, as you guys might learn, I'm not a huge fan of 99.9% of the crypto NFT TikTok creators. Um, I think they are manipulative. I think they are... um, frauds. I don't think like I go and pull up a lot of their wallets and a lot of them talk about these projects as if they are buying them, but they're advising you to buy them yet. They've never bought any of them themselves, right? They're advising you on how much money that you can make. Like, Oh my goodness, look at this person. If you would have listened to me last week, you would have been, this person made this amount of money. Well, was it a rare one? How many of them did they buy? Did they buy it on you know secondary? All of those things. But what I found was when I was reverse engineering a couple of my projects, what I made a mistake on was that I blindly assumed because someone was in the same NFT community as me, that they cared about the same things about other NFT communities or projects. And that's just not the case. And that's the same here in this project and in our Discord. I will recommend everyone that is in our Discord. I love, you know, shout out to so many amazing humans that are in our Discord. You know, lots of new people showing up every day. You know, people that are brand new to the NFT space asking about setting up a MetaMask to people that are, hey, Brian, I've been listening to the podcast and I'm about to launch my own collection. Could you give me some advice? We just have a a really great uh, Discord community right now. But I'm going to challenge everyone in the Discord community is, don't just take our Discord's advice or tips or tricks or things that we tell you that are talking about like jump into a couple other discords jump in you know and do your own not only do your own damn research but also look in other you know other places right like try to like find ways to kind of get like a uh, either a a third party opinion or a non-biased view on on what you're doing and i will say one of the other things that i've done recently is i signed up like i have an i have an nft email account now that is just for nft newsletters because there are a lot of people that are curating a lot of great like in the news type content and and most of you know like that's not really what this podcast is about. I will cover some news news things uh periodically, but I say that because I I want to like be able to I want to be able to hear what everyone's talking about and then apply my own filter and then look for my own trusted resources and then validate those trusted resources what, what my goals and and my mission is and then also you know kind of re, kind of flip that into okay is this the the right spot for me right and i will say the market also dictates that right when when the market is dipping people the the fud the you know the the fear uncertainty and doubt that people are spreading which is fud um is oftentimes not intentional. It's actually just like an emotional reaction because, I mean, we all know that like there's a lot of unpredicted variables in this NFT space, in the Web3 space as a whole. And because there are a lot of things that we can't control, 
we also are not very, we aren't very well versed. We don't have a lot of experience in having like this ownership of a community, but also recognizing like you don't have to have very many followers on, on Twitter to be, to influence others, to make really good or really bad decisions. What I mean by that is, you know, if you join a couple of these really great projects, a lot of people follow everyone that has that same NFT as their PFP, right? So you'll gain five or 600 people um, following you that, that share the same uh, profile photo as you, which is cool. But here's the thing about that, right? Like now all of them and you like, and probably you're not fault. You're probably not following very many people, which I always tell people the number one thing people don't do well enough on Twitter is you should follow more people, follow more people. We have a whole episode of the podcast. We have a whole blog post with like a white paper on um, how to use Twitter with NFTs, right? What is NFT Twitter? I go through everything from advanced search to some of like the tricks, things that I use um, with direct messages and filtering and how I change my um, notifications. All of that is up on, um, on our website. You can just search Twitter in the search bar and it'll pop up um, that podcast episode as well as that, that blog post. But I say all that because the other thing that I found is I actually started a, a new Twitter account um, that, you know, truthfully, it was my attempt to be anonymous, not for like malicious reasons, but I wanted to kind of see like, what was the view for those that are coming into this space that don't have like a brand like I have, right? That don't have a reputation or a verified account or hundreds of thousands of Twitter followers like I have. And I, you know, I'm like one of those people that I don't believe that I can help or relate to others until I put it into practice, right? So like, how can I help you grow your love for Twitter as a new Twitter user if I'm not creating a new account in 2022? And so I have an anonymous uh, Twitter account that we're going to keep anonymous for the moment. Um, but um, the, the funny thing about it was I started to recognize that because I'm not following many people on that Twitter account, I see a lot of the same people's information on that Twitter account. And all of a sudden I realized, wow, like these people don't have to be following very many people because I don't follow many people. These people are, are really kind of like the fire hose of information that I get. So it's important to kind of take a step out, right? Like even like taking a step out and, and looking at it from the standpoint of like, this is like one of my favorite questions to ask. I even ask myself this on a regular basis. Like if I was, if I was jumping into an NFT project right now, would I jump in to the ones that are my favorite at the current floor price? Like ask yourself that, right? Like, so like pick out your favorite NFT project. It can be, it can be one that has a high floor price, low price, floor price. I don't really care where it is in the, in the, um, you know, in the uh, metrics there, but like ask yourself, like if I was brand new, like from the outside in, would I be a part of this? Like, would I, would, you know, what is the energy that is being shared? What are, what is their Twitter? You know, are they following and amplifying other Twitter accounts? Right? Like I just, I find it like there's no excuse for people, NFT projects to not be retweeting and amplifying other other NFT holders. I just think that's the old school mentality of like, we can't follow many people because people care about the ratio. We can't retweet many people because we don't want people to get mad at us. That's all just, I believe, excuses um, for not amplifying your people. Like, I don't think, um, you know, there there is this like thing where retweets are free. There's no gas charges for retweeting others. And I think we need to be better at that. But with all of this is what being said, I really think that one of, you know, we talk about how much research you have to do on discovering a new NFT project. Here's the truth. I actually think you should do more research 
on the people that you're looking to as trusted resources. Like if, you, if this is the first episode of the podcast that you're listening to, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Uh, you didn't, you know, you didn't miss much, just a, you know, a couple hundred days of the podcast, but thank you for jumping into the podcast. But I don't want you to trust me blindly, right? Like who the hell am I, right? Like digital futurist, like who is this guy with, you know, talking about his followers and, you know, all this crap that he's kind of spouting and he talks too fast and he talks about ADHD and girl dad and like he's confusing as hell sometimes because he's, you know, he, he jumps all over the place. Hey, and that's, I, I, I take that on, right? But I, like, I will challenge you, like, do your research, right? Like, you can jump over to my LinkedIn. You can Google my name. You can put my, uh, you know, put, you know, uh, you know, ads on my Twitter account, right? Like, go and look at, um, you know, Google different phrases. Jump over to my Instagram. Jump over to my Facebook. Like, do your research on, like, who I am, like, the things that I believe in, right? Like, I am one that will oftentimes make decisions that are not financially beneficial for myself, but they are in the benefit of my community. Now, that's not a thing that everyone should be aligned with, right? And I want to get better at that, right? Like I shouldn't, you know, I make too, some, I oftentimes will, will pass up an opportunity to, to make revenue or make money um, because I, I want to protect the community or there's something I want to do. And I'm not saying that because I want like people to think I'm like, uh, I'm better than others or anything. I actually think it's a flaw of mine. Right. And, and so like, I know there's some great people. Um, Dan, who is in our discord, shout out to Dan. Um, Dan is amazing at like kind of breaking down like kind of the, the graphs and the understanding of, of trends around crypto and, and coins and understanding, you know, our profit loss margin and a lot of the things that go in, like I'm not great at that. Right. And so like me giving advice on that versus jumping in our discord and hearing what Dan has to say, two different worlds, right? Like, and I think that's like an important um, you know, aspect of here. The other thing is like, I know that I, I have hundreds of discords across two accounts right now that um, I joined because I'm doing the research, the projects, and we bought all these NFTs. Like I am not the best person to give you advice. If you went, if you went and looked at our list of the 140 plus NFTs that we bought um, for the project, and you said, Brian, on day 78, you bought this NFT. What is their discord like? My answer is going to be, I, I really don't know. I can tell you why we bought the NFT project. I can tell you what has been in my purview recently, but I don't really know. And, and, and this is kind of like the last little secret that I will give um, as kind of like a, a tip, as a little bit of advice, is also look for who are the people in this space, in the NFT space, in the crypto space, who are the people that are willing to admit when they don't know something? Who are the people that are when they are on stage, they are not a know-it-all. They are not the one that needs to hog everything. They're the ones that they don't need to um, jump in and pipe in on every single comment. Now, I am someone, I will openly admit, I am definitely someone that talks a lot and talks for very long times. But I will gladly give up the microphone. And most people that know this about me know that like one of the other things about me that I think it usually surprises people is that like I won't fight for like my turn, I will wait my turn in line and then I will, I will share my points, but I'm also one that will gladly default to the other women on the stage or those that have not talked uh, on stages uh, yet. Right. I, I, I really am conscious of that. And if I am not doing that, please reach out to me privately and let me know like, Hey Brian, you were in this Twitter space or Brian, I saw you in this you know event and you didn't really give like this person a chance to speak or Brian, I felt like this person you kind of talked over, like, please let me know. I want to become better. I am far 
far from perfect. But I also know that I am not afraid to admit I don't know something. I am not afraid to admit when I screw up. I am not afraid to be transparent when my wallets get hacked. And there are a lot of people that have reached out to me privately and said, Brian, please don't share this. But I was also hacked. But I could not let anyone know because I was afraid that I would lose my authority in this space. Or Brian, I could not let anyone know because I was embarrassed. And it is. It's embarrassing. And it is it, it is tough, right? It is, I'm not, I'm not going to sugarcoat that, right? But for me, the idea that like me sharing transparently can help one person avoid what I had to go through or help shape the way these tools and these uh, projects are, are protecting us, if I can help others, I'm going to be transparent all the time. But this is not really about me. It's more about the idea that like, like use me as a test case. Like what are the things about me that you discovered that like if you now trust some of my advice, right? I still recommend you your own damn research. And if you're at, at an event, come up to me and ask. I have stickers for you if you want to, uh, you know, do your own damn research sticker. But, you know, if you've, if you've come to a point in your journey where you look at me as a trusted source and I don't take that for granted. I appreciate everyone who would think of me as a, a trusted resource um, in this space. And I, I believe I'm putting in the work. I am the hours, the commitment I have um, is unlike anything else I've done in my entire life. And I uh, continue to learn every single day. I continue to want to grow. Um, and I'm, I, 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 I don't take any of that for granted. But what I'm going to challenge you is like, okay, what about me? made you feel like I was trustworthy, right? Maybe it was a, an NFT that I recommended or, or I mentioned that you jumped in and you're like, oh my goodness, this is my people. Maybe it was just the fact like the way that I tell the stories or the, or the fact that I'm focused on education, not preaching, right? The fact that I'm focused on, you know, teaching what I know and my perspective, not trying to act like I, like I know everything and my way is gold, right? Like there's so many different ways to be um, successful in this space. I just know my own way and I only know what, what I'm, you know, the perspective that I have. And so if you think about that, like, okay, these are the things that, that made Brian trustworthy. Now apply that same filter to others that you're not sure about, right? Like, okay, how, how trustworthy, okay, is this person transparent? Um, how open is this person about when they make a mistake? Um, has this person ever mentioned that they, you know, um, are, are mad because they got into a project that wasn't what it was, right? Has this person ever deleted their tweets? I've never deleted a tweet, ever. I don't delete tweets. Every tweet, good, bad, ugly. Um, actually, that's not true. There are a couple of tweets that I did delete um, a little over a year ago because, um, and, and I'm being honest here again, uh, there was some uh, SEC, FCC uh, th regulations with our creator coins that there were certain language that we are not allowed to use when we're talking about, you know, buying ADHD coin. And there was a couple of tweets that I had posted that were kind of the gray area and I deleted them. So I, Hey, this is me being honest again, right? Like I don't want to say like, I've never done something when I have, but I, it, you know, there are plenty of tweets that are out there where I'm, I, I mean, there's a tweet where I'm mocking board ape yacht club. And I mean, we all know what <laughs> turned out to that, right? There's, there's some tweets out there where I said, I couldn't figure out, why anyone would be all in on a couple of these projects that ended up being very successful. But I think that's also like a very important um, piece of this because, you know, there, it's unfortunate that there are some people on the main stages of these events that I believe are frauds, that they are people that I don't trust a damn word that comes out of their mouth. And here's the, here's the last part of this is 
I know a lot of you are going to message me and say, who are you talking about? Like, what are their names? I'm not in that game. I'm not in the game. Uh, you know, if someone, if someone hurts somebody, if someone, I believe, maliciously steals money or attacks or bullies or takes advantage of somebody, I will expose them and their name. I got no problem. But in the case where I'm just, I don't want to add to the noise. I don't want to give them any more attention. But here's a great lesson. If I'm not interviewing them on the podcast, if I'm not engaging them on Twitter, if I'm not holding some of the NFTs that they love the most, more than likely, they're someone that I either don't trust because I believe they're fraudulent and they're full of crap, or there's someone that I haven't spent enough time getting to know, so I have like no relationship with them. But if someone, like I'm a trust first guy for the most part, right? Like I like to trust people and believe that people at their, whole, at their like core are good people that want to do good things. And because of that, I will oftentimes trust people on their word and what they're doing. But if they screw me over, if I learn things about them that is malicious or their intentions are bad or there's someone I just don't want to be associated with, I hit unfollow and you will never see me kissing their ass. You will never see me brown nosing them. I don't care who they are. And, and sometimes that does me a disservice, right? Sometimes there's events that are like maybe happening in like Minneapolis that a couple of the people that are influential with that event I'm not willing to kiss their ass because I don't trust and believe in their approach to doing things. And because of that, I'm not currently on that event uh, speaking lineup. And that hurts me because I really want to be a part of that speaking lineup. And I'm committed to still trying to make that happen. But to sell my soul to kiss the ring of people that I don't believe in and I think are, are bad for the, this space and the community, not going to happen. So that's what I got to say about that. You know, keep an eye on these events. Just remember, you know, mental health is a big piece of this. Like there's a reason that you're not able to travel certain events. And that reason is up to you. You don't have to tell anybody those reasons. And it might just be time or family. You have no one to watch the kids or it might be money. It might be um, like you don't feel like you're included or you're not sure how it would work. And I will tell you like, I've gone to a bunch of events recently where I'm, I don't know anybody, right? And that's a very different feeling for me. Uh, because I speak at a lot of events where my name's on a billboard. My name's like the headliner. People are, are like, I come to the hotel and like I go to the lobby and everyone's coming up to talk to me. And in this space, a lot of the events and a lot of places I'm going, that's not the case. I am not that person in this space. And I can, I can like relate with some of those feelings of like the outsider or like how I fit in. But I will also tell you, I have found so many amazing humans so many great people that I listen to, that I trust, that I believe in, the people that have been on this podcast. If you want a great place to start on people to go back and like start following on social, go back and look at all of the people that I've interviewed here on this podcast. Because I have crazy list of people that want to be on this podcast. Some of them, hey, I just haven't got to. Others, like there's just too many projects. I'm not, I don't want to put projects on this podcast nonstop. But there are others that I, I, I love and can't wait to have them on the podcast. And we have them booked for a couple of weeks, a couple of months out. I mean, we just booked somebody for, for mid-June that is a really ex- big name, someone I've been uh, super excited about getting on the podcast for a while. And she couldn't, you know, didn't have a date until June, and I, I'm super excited to have her on uh, when she's on in June. But go back and look at our guests and follow them, right, from M to Brooke J. Lacey uh, to the team at Meta Whips to Data NFT. I think Data NFT is one of uh, the very best uh, out there. He's very um, honest, truthful, um, keeps it real, uh, also isn't afraid to promote his own bags and the, and the projects he believes in. Um, 
you know, there's, I mean, the amount of people swan sit, I mean, there's so many amazing humans that we've had on the podcast. Um, and the other thing is jump into our discord. Like people don't have to have hundreds of NFTs to be a trusted resource for you. I would actually argue a lot of the people with like 10 and 12 NFTs probably have a more in-depth knowledge of the way to discover NFTs than people that have hundreds, 200s, 300s, 500, 800, you know, and I'm speaking, I'm someone that has, you know, well over, well, before some of them were stolen, you know, like, I mean, between my wallets, there's over 800 NFTs, right? Like, so um, I'm saying like, there are a lot of great people to kind of lean into, to find your tribe, to find your, your group. And um, I don't take any of this podcast as me like fudding or not believing in others. Like I, it's actually the opposite. There are so many great humans that I refuse to give the names of the bad humans any more attention, right? Like I want to highlight the great people that are doing great things. So with that being said, please jump over to our podcast website, sign up for our newsletter, check out our YouTube channel. Every one of these videos, every one of these podcast episodes are up on uh, video. A lot of them we add um, some B-roll, we add some graphics, um, we add some additional like you know kind of content if you want to be able to go back and tap into it. Um, I know a lot of people consume podcasts on YouTube. So if you just want to listen to us um, on YouTube, you can hit subscribe over there as well. So yeah, that is NFT365 podcast and just search NFT365 pretty much every Every social channel, yeah, every social channel. Um, we have a TikTok, we have a LinkedIn, we have a uh, even I have a, I have a Pinterest board for NFT three sixty five. So, uh, thanks for supporting the show. Thanks for listening, and uh, just remember, uh, don't trust people because of the NFT that they have. Don't trust people because they share NFTs with you. Don't trust someone because they're verified on Twitter. Don't trust someone just because they have a lot of followers. Trust someone because you've done the research and that you believe in who they are at their core, and that their values, their principles, their passion for what they're doing align with what you are doing. Until tomorrow, my friends, make it a great day. Cheers. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research.